The Tampa Bay Lightning upset the Boston Bruins, and three low-ranked teams come up big. We've got that, plus a special interview with Reagan Carey, the commissioner of the PHF, by Erica Ayala, and an exciting weekend of games ahead. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin. You can find me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. I am joined every Friday by Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at rmiriam. I want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Happy Friday, Rachel. Happy Friday. Uh, we are starting to get into bye week territory. So uh, there will be some interesting but important games coming up. And the, you know, game differentials here are going to start to look a little different. Yeah, games in hand are going to stand out a little bit more over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, coordinating it around the All-Star game. Can't believe we are at the All-Star game already. Uh, in one more week, and we'll obviously talk about that a lot more on next week's show. But uh, this season is just flying by. It really is. And if it didn't feel like that at the very beginning, but uh, now it's just like kicking into gear. We're already starting to think about trade deadline. It's uh, it's nuts out there. It, it truly, truly is. And yet, you know, so many exciting games going on. And last night, maybe... The biggest, the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the Boston Bruins. And, you know, it's crazy because anytime the Bruins lose now, it's like a headline. Yeah, it, which, you know, is upsetting if you're not a Bruins fan, but it's very good for, for them. But at the same time, you know, when we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, they are infamous for having rough patches during their regular season but putting it together for the playoffs. And, and that's why they've been so successful for, you know, one main reason anyway, is that they peak at the right time season after season and having a win like this uh, feels like they're, they're starting to do that very same thing. It, it does. And obviously it helps to have a great goalie like Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, 37 saves in that game, when you win three to two and your goalie makes 37 saves, that that is a, a big reason for the victory. And then Nikita Kucherov assisting on all three Tampa Bay goals in that game. Yeah, the, the Bolts just seem to find a way to turn it on at the right time. They get all their injuries out of the way seemingly right. earlier in this season and, and just gel in the second half and they hit their stride in the playoffs. But, you know... Boston had seven straight road wins coming into this game. And, you know, that that streak comes to an end. But you look at their record 
for the season and the Bruins, I mean, they've only lost six games out of 48 in regulation. That That's just very impressive. Yeah. And I do want to call attention in, in that game in particular to the Tampa Bay Lightning penalty kill because the Bruins were 0 for 2 on the power play in that game and only managed one shot on goal, zero high danger chances for in their power play opportunities. And that obviously made a huge difference in this one. No question. And, you know, special teams comes more and more into focus when you get into the stretch drive and obviously into the playoffs. So, you know, the penalty kill coming up big, we know how dangerous Boston's power play can be. And, you know, Tampa Bay limiting this, the chances and, and really shutting down that powerful power play, making it a little easier for Vasilevsky, at least while they were shorthanded. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that in these tight games, special teams are, are going to make that difference. And so uh, real good effort there by Tampa Bay across the board. I think just generally limiting the big guns on the Boston side. No question about that. And, and then, you know, yesterday we had some of the teams that are lower in the standings pull off some really impressive upsets uh, the Anaheim Ducks beating the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche five to three. I don't think too many people expected that. No, and I think it's really interesting this season because I feel like uh, we're going to talk about Arizona upsetting St. Louis as well. But I, I feel like in the last several years, Arizona has been that team that tends to have the random upsets more often, right? But I feel like this year, it's the Anaheim Ducks that win the most random games that you would not <laughs> expect them to at all. And uh, so I feel like they've sort of swapped places where they're both near the bottom, but Anaheim is that random spoiler team. Yeah, and they've been they've been putting it together, and and you know the Avs, it, it, it's kind of funny because they just they seem to be getting back on track, and then it sort of fizzles a little bit. They they have won seven of their last ten, and right now they're clinging to the last playoff spot in the Western Conference in a very very tight race. Yeah, and you know they have had a lot of upheaval this season. There's a lot of eyes on that team and what's going on there and why haven't they been able to put it together. And I, I think they're really having trouble with this extra pressure right now. It is always more difficult to defend your title than to win it. That's the old expression. Everyone's gunning for you and it looks like the abs are affected by that, but obviously also injuries playing a big part yes. in their struggles this year how about the chicago blackhawks beating the calgary flames five to one and you know people talk about all these teams sort of tanking and yet you know last night these so-called tanking teams are really coming up big yeah and if you look at the blackhawks in particular they're doing a terrible job at tanking right now you know they <laughs> had that good stretch to start the season then they were terrible for a very long time. And everybody was like, oh, okay. So the Blackhawks really are what we thought they were. They're in it 
for the tank. And then you look at their last 10, they're seven and three. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just sort of, I, I questioned their dedication to sparkle motion. Um, <laughs> if you get what I mean there, but I just really think that this tanking race has turned out to be a lot more interesting than maybe we would have thought at the beginning of the season. And you look at, you know, the, the top four teams in the tank, meaning the bottom four teams in the league, all of them have won their last games. The ducks have won their last two games. Um, the only one who seems to be doing a good job at it right now, who's in the five spot is San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no question about that. And, you know, you mentioned the Coyotes blanking the Blues five to nothing, a pretty impressive performance there by Arizona. Yeah, that, that's what I was talking about when I say that Anaheim and Arizona have swapped places, that they've really been able to put together some complete games and <laughs> and stopping some, you know, some not so great teams, but some good teams as well. And they really have been putting up more of a fight, I would say. It's just not them going through the motions, that they have you know, a, a much more solid base to them in their gameplay than they've had in the past. And while the skill isn't there, so they're going to lose more than they win, you know, the effort is, is more there. Yeah, and, and that's all you can ask of the players that are <clears throat> out there on the ice on a game-in and game-out basis. Give me effort. Give me all you have. And if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. But uh, at least play some energetic and entertaining hockey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, like I spend some quality time on Tankathon because, you know, that's what you do when your team is in the lower portion of the league. And, you know, uh, Montreal is in a really good position Tankathon wise because they've got two picks that they're working with in the first round. They've got Florida's pick. And it seems like every time I simulate the lottery on Tankathon, Montreal gets that top pick, despite the fact that we talked about all those other teams in the five, six, seven slot that just aren't, uh, you know, as good, quote unquote, as, as Montreal is right now. But I don't know. Something in there is telling me that Montreal could end up getting this pick. Should be interesting to say the least, but we will obviously keep an eye on that as we get more into the uh, last half of this NHL season. Well, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. In our next segment, we have uh, our women's hockey spotlight. Erica Ayala will join us and has a, an interview with PHF Commissioner Reagan Carey. So make sure you join us for that. Uh, but first, Rachel, why don't you uh, talk to us a little bit about our friends at FanDuel? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are in full swing. We are very excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers who join today get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Just, san just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. 
I will be betting on the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend to win the NFC championship game. Very much looking forward to that one. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, now we will go to our interview by Erica Ayala of Reagan Carey. Hey, hockey fans, Erica L. Ayala from Locked on Kraken here. Welcome to another women's hockey spotlight on Locked on NHL. Today, we are going to welcome Reagan Carey. Now, Reagan Carey was appointed commissioner of the Premier Hockey Federation last April, and she is committed to delivering the PHF's mission to provide leading opportunities in women's professional hockey. And of course, we are talking to Commissioner Carey just as the puck will drop on the PHF All-Star Showcase happening in Toronto this weekend on Sunday. Before coming to the PHF, Carrie worked as USA Hockey's Director of Women's Ice Hockey and General Manager of the U.S. Women's National Team from 2010 to 2018. She led the women's programs to five U18 titles, five world championship wins, and gold medal victory in 2018 at the Winter Olympics. Before USA Hockey, she worked with the Atlanta Hawks and the NHL's Atlanta Thrashers. So without further ado, let me take you to my conversation with Reagan Carey, the commissioner of the Premier Hockey Federation. As promised, we are here with the commissioner of the Premier Hockey Federation, Reagan Carey, joining us on Locked on NHL for our Women's Hockey Spotlight just before the puck drops on the 2023 All-Star Weekend, which will be in Toronto in Canada for the first time. Commissioner, welcome to the show. Thank you, Erica. Excited to be here. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are excited to have you. We have the All-Star Weekend coming up. We've had some other activations. But usually when I have a guest, I like to start with just a, a, a fun question. It comes from a movie called Brown Sugar. And that is just, when did you fall in love with hockey? Because you have a history with hockey well before the PHF. I do. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, well, I uh, I picked up hockey solely because my brother played. Uh, we moved around a lot growing up. And so at some point we were in Chicago and I think I was probably in that five year old range. And uh, my brother picked that up. We played a lot of street hockey. We, we got on the ice pretty quickly there and uh, fell in love with it. From that point on, you know, no matter where we were, I always found a way to make that the primary sport for me. Um, but it was nice once I finally earned my way out of the street hockey goalie position. Uh, I think that was a big win for me and uh, eventually a, a long career. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, fun to think about the uh, original moments of those uh, competitions. Yeah, indeed. It's always so fun to hear what it was, whether it was a movie or a player or a lot of people say siblings. <laughs> so, um, I love to hear it. And of course, as you mentioned, it's taken you very far, including right now with the PHF. Now, we mentioned prior to you hopping on that, of course, you're also with uh, the USA uh, Women's Program in particular and, and have done, done some work there, uh, which then led you to the Premier Hockey Federation. And we, we're starting to see overlap, uh, Reagan, uh, 
between that national team and really just the international game and the Premier Hockey Federation at this point in season eight. So I want to ask you, I know that there's kind of a, a, a tagline or a, a, a mantra uh, that you're using this year, and it is a new era. And when you think about that and, and what you've been able to do in season eight and what's coming down the pike, what does that mean to you? How, do, how would you describe that to new fans? Yeah, well, I think you captured a lot of it in that in that lead up. Um, you know, part of it's global, part of it's just experienced leadership. I mean, there's been so much work to put this league in the best position to have success in this next phase. Um, so being able to to leverage a lot of uh, global experience in the game and a lot of uh, women's hockey leaders and be able to bring uh, that uh, just depth chart to our our front office is is really important. Uh, but it's also about camaraderie and community. And I think um, you know part of what goes along with the new era is us um, really being committed to honoring the past and making this moment important and inspiring the future. And uh, by doing that with all our events, we just had a great event in Pittsburgh where we got to honor some uh, women that have been blazing the way for us long before we got here. Um, they look great. They're not that old, but they've <laughs> certainly been doing it for a while, the Pittsburgh pennies. And then, uh, you know, as we go into all-star, we're going to be, um, you know, celebrating women's hockey. Like I, I see the new era as an opportunity to celebrate so many uh, great moments in women's hockey, but it's just hosted by the PHF. So we'll do that all season long in any way we can. Yeah, that's fantastic. I kind of see it as a blend of kind of honoring the path and the the, the trail that was blazed beforehand while also just continuing to push toward the future, which is super exciting. And to your point, women's hockey as we know it, even at the NCAA level, uh, at the Olympics, is relatively young. So a lot of these trailblazers, you know, they're still very active in hockey. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are very excited that in what will be in season nine, your second full season, you already as commissioner have ushered in two salary increases. We will have a 1.5 million salary cap per team next year. Would love for you to talk about what that means in this new era of women's hockey. Yeah. And I think when we talk about the new era, it's also important to um, just emphasize resources um, on all, all facets, all fronts. So um, that salary cap increase is really essential to us doing many things, not just uh, providing a uh, livable wage for players and, and who are showing up every day and giving it their all. And uh, uh, But it's also a matter of being able to have players be full-time uh, professional hockey players and so that we can have games whenever we want to in a schedule and they can practice whenever they uh, want to in regards to a team schedule and not have to work around some of the, the realities of women's sports right now when um, some of the players are having to do other jobs in addition to this uh, pursuit of their dreams here as a pro hockey player. So, um, yeah, resources are very important, and certainly the financial side of that uh, is a, a big component for us. And we've got great um, investors. We've got great um, teammates and our sponsors. And that's what we're looking for, to, to collaborate and team up with people that see the long-term vision for women's sports and that are going to be with us for a long time. I mean, it's so critical on so many levels. I mean, we just saw as we're recording that we had some midweek uh, games, those games against the Connecticut Whale and the, the Buffalo Buttes that were rescheduled happened midweek. And you mentioned Pittsburgh, which has been a city that's been really good to women's hockey at all levels throughout the last handful of years. Um, and so I, I love that this increase just allows the game to change and to evolve in a lot of ways that we see at the highest levels of hockey. Of course, the NHL 
NHL is one example, um, but a lot of others, which kind of brings me to another thing that I want to talk about. We've alluded to it with your experience and, and what this new era is, but we talked about All-Star Weekend, and it will be the second year that there's actually three teams and kind of in a round-robin style, but the teams will be unique in that they're not named after the captain of the team, but they're named essentially by region. And so we've got a, a USA team, a Canadian team, and a team world. Can you talk about how that fits into everything that the PHF is trying to do and, and highlight as far as where the league is right now? Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited about it. Uh, the VP of Hockey Operations, Lisa Haley, and I got to call each player to invite them personally and talk to them about this format. And I can tell you they're uh, fired up for a good competition to be able to not only represent their PHF team, but yeah, to uh, energize that national team pride and, and for the international team be able to galvanize uh, and take on North America. So I think that will add to the competitiveness and certainly the coaches on the bench will reflect that same uh, spirit. So I think... Uh, not surprising, giving our front office is largely a lot of national team background. So yeah. uh, it's it's always fun to bring out those rivalries. And uh, I think it's going to be great for the fans. I think so as well. I know we saw some uh, friendly wagers among teammates. I, I host the Locked on Kraken show, and we saw USA Juniors player Maddie Veneers also played in the Olympics, had to wear a Jordan Eberle sweater after the, <laughs> the USA fell to Canada. So I, I'm very curious to see if we, we get any of that going on. But talk to us a little bit, Reagan, before we get you out of here about, again, the activation that will happen this weekend. Big activation, which is, of course, All-Star Weekend in Toronto in Canada for the first time, the home of, of course, the Toronto Six. We talked a little bit earlier about Toronto adding to their firepower, which is kind of wild. But, um, you know, what, what can fans expect as they are either headed up to the Six or watching on ESPN2 and TSN? Thanks. We're uh, we're really excited to uh, head to Toronto, and as you know, spend some time in Montreal with uh, welcoming them to the league. So a lot of Canadian um, act activation here with the PHF this season. It's been great. Uh, such uh, a strong hockey community there. So we're excited to uh, show up, and we'll be there um, again celebrating women's hockey through you know the channels of the PHF. So we'll be at the Hockey Hall of Fame with all our players and some of our um, guest coaches on Saturday night, and doing some community events during the day on Saturday and then Sunday we'll welcome everybody to Madame Arena for uh, what will be a, a great international battle of uh, these great um, talented teams so uh, it'll be a round robin at the beginning and then the uh, top two seeds out of that will go on to compete for the championship. It's going to be fun. Again, you can catch that on ESPN2 as well as TSN. And, of course, for the rest of the regular season, the Premier Hockey Federation also can be found on ESPN Plus and TSN. Might hear a familiar voice from a time or two, but, Reagan, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on NHL. And we can't wait to have you or maybe some other representation from the Premier Hockey Federation back on Locked on NHL. Absolutely. We'll be here. Thanks. So a busy schedule coming up this weekend and a little strange in the, in the way it's structured. A lot of Friday games. We seem to alternate uh, every other week where there's like right. one or two Friday games or now eight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously the NHL is probably trying to work around those NFL playoffs a little bit in terms of when the games are on the schedule. But 
Uh, Friday is looking to be an exciting, if brief, day on the schedule. And you have Vegas at the New York Rangers, which should be a fantastic matchup. The Rangers are coming off a loss to the Leafs in OT on Wednesday. They're 6-2-2 two two in the last 10. Vegas just lost to the Devils in OT and are 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. So both of these teams, uh, I think, are going to see this game as very important and, you know, coming off those OT losses, both of them, they're going to be looking to get back to winning. Yeah. And both divisions are so tight. I mean, Vegas right now tied with Seattle with 61 points for first place in the Pacific, but the top five teams are separated by six points in that division. And then, you know, in the metropolitan, the Rangers, uh, eight points out of first place, but barely hanging on in third over both Washington and Pittsburgh. So both teams really need the the win in order to keep pace in a tight playoff race. How about Ottawa and Toronto? Always a good rivalry game there in Toronto on Friday. Yeah, I, I always like the um, Canadian matchups, but I, I will say that, you know, Ottawa is kind of a mess right now overall. Um, they are four and six in their last 10, but they did win their last game. And, you know, Montreal has been more squarely in that tank category, like we talked about earlier in the show and Ottawa wasn't supposed to be, and, you know, they've struggled this season. And so with these rivals that are close to each other geographically, plus, you know, what's going on with each of their teams right now. I, I would say this is going to be a feisty matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then a, a couple of East-West matchups that feature some good teams, the Kings at the Panthers and then the Devils and the Stars. Yeah, I think I am more intrigued by the Devils and Stars because I think that um, with this game, Again, you have the Devils who have kind of gotten back to it after, you know, a stretch of some uncertainty there. But they are coming off that loss to Nashville, uh, but they won in uh, against Vegas in OT on Tuesday that we just talked about, right? And so with the Stars coming off an OT loss to the Canes, again, we have a similar situation in this game where both teams are coming off losses and both are near the tops of their divisions and want to stay there. Yeah. Should be a, a good game in Dallas. And then how about Calgary and Seattle? Uh, nice game out West. Yeah. I always love a good uh, Kraken game these days because they have been so successful and you know, Calgary is uh, working really hard right now to kind of get back into it. And winning against this top team in the division would go a long way. Now, Saturday, only one matinee, a three o'clock game between the Blues and the Avalanche, two teams that really, well, the Blues seem so wildly inconsistent and the Avs, they, they were looking pretty good recently. And then, of course, as we mentioned last night, uh, you know, sort of hit the wall and we're upset. 
Yeah, it's, uh, again, the Blues are a mystery to me right now uh, in terms of what they're trying to do. And the Avs are, are, you know, despite that loss, I've still been playing generally pretty well recently. And, you know, Rantanen is on a hot streak right now. McKinnon is back on it. And I would have to give the edge to the Avalanche in this one. Uh, I would have to agree. Uh, and a six o'clock Eastern time start, Boston and Florida. Yeah, so Boston is uh, not quite as used to coming off a loss, but yeah. <laughs> uh, they are actually pretty good at it uh, over the course of the season. But against a, another, you know, top team like Carolina. Like, this is going to be a true test, I think, for them. Can they recover from the loss to Tampa? Again, another very good team. You know, when you're playing all very good teams in a row, does that wear on you, right? Yeah. So, I th- I mean, I still think Boston wins this one, but Carolina is also very tough at home. So, um, again, I could see this one getting a little scrappy as well. How about the LA Kings in Tampa Bay? That's a nice East-West matchup as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it's... uh, I'm not sure what's going on exactly with the Kings. They are kind of hit and miss. I would say that they lose some games inexplicably, but yet they do play very well generally overall. So... I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're still, I think the Kings are still one of those teams that are on the rise generally, but they haven't quite found the consistency, as you alluded to. And, you know, on any given night, they can beat a team like Tampa Bay, but then they can turn around and lose to a team that's below them in the standings when they don't hit on all cylinders. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see in Tampa Bay fresh off the big win over the Bruins. Uh can't afford to rest on their laurels, obviously. I love this next matchup, Buffalo and Minnesota. Uh, you know, again, an East-West game. The Sabres quietly climbing the standings, getting into that playoff hunt, though. Yeah, you know, we were worried about the Sabres for a hot second there, but they seem to <laughs> have, you know, gotten back on the horse and are, are playing very well. And, you know, getting good performances across the board on their team. And so, you know, I just think that uh, the Sabres are, you know, I I talked about them in the past as sort of the L.A. Kings of this season. Yeah, yeah. But in some ways, I think they may be a little step ahead of those Mm -hmm. Kings in that they're finding ways to win in, I think more ways than the Kings were that the Kings were more relying on system and the, the Sabres are relying on individual creativity. And I I think that's the difference there. And I think that could take them a little further. Be interesting to see how they sustain it. But again, two teams in the Sabres and the Kings younger and headed in the right direction. Sunday, two games, but they are both, Very, very good matchups. Boston in Carolina, the two first place teams in the Eastern Conference going head to head. And I think the fact that it's in Carolina makes it even more of a good matchup. 
Yeah, absolutely. That should be the game to watch that day. And then the Washington Capitals head to Toronto. Two teams, you know, fighting for playoff position and uh, just some great individual matchups in this one when, when you look at some of the stars that will be playing in this game. Yeah, that's the the big part of it there, right? And, you know, obviously I think people's attention in sports in general might be focused elsewhere, let's say. But I think with those two games, um, it, it really shows the like the best of what the NHL can be. Yeah, yeah I mean, not a lot of games on Sunday trying to stay away from those uh NFL playoff games, but the quality is more than there in those two contests. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I will be back on Monday with three of our local experts talking about the biggest stories from around the league. I want to thank Erica Ayala for her women's hockey spotlight. Rachel, always a pleasure to do this show with you every Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.